Hello and welcome to One Chance, the podcast where we try and capture the experience of listening to a record in its entirety for the first time. Each week, Sean and I listen to a record that neither of us have heard independently and then we get together and share our thoughts on it. Um, Sean, how can people support the podcast? Evening, Will. Yeah, as always, the best way to support the podcast is to make sure you are subscribed to us on your podcast platform of choice, be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you choose to listen. After that, leaving us a rating and review, downloading the episodes, sharing the episodes with your family and friends are all great ways to support us. Um, I think that's everything. Fantastic, an exhaustive list of uh, podcast locations. Um, those of you that have listened to episodes of this before will know that this is the bit where we introduce our musical tastes, but rather than telling you ourselves what we like to listen to, we introduce each other's musical uh, tastes. We've tried to do it differently each week. Maybe this week will be the week we run out of new ways of doing it, but Let's hope not. Sean, I can't remember whether I went first or you went first last week. So uh, I believe it's your turn to go first. Fantastic. OK, I would describe Sean's musical tastes as um, music that makes you feel very old listening to it. Um, it is music full of youthful energy, exuberance, uh, arrogance, uh, recklessness and lack of care for itself. I like that. Um Oh, that's a good one. Okay, I would describe Will's music taste as um, the sort of music that comes on once everyone's had just enough beer at a party. It's it's that sort of music that at the start of the party, people want to listen to pop tracks and stuff like that that they recognise. And, and by the time everyone's had seven or eight pints, uh, Will gets to take over and everyone's scream singing songs from when they were 13 and jumping on the sofas. I think it's a fair assessment. It's, it's interesting what constitutes just enough beer in your book. The uh, seven or eight point window, because that is definitely good night in curtains for me. Um, but there we go. Um, Sean, what record have we been listening to this week? Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the third studio album from the American metal band Bad Omens band formed in 2015 and signed to Sumerian Records shortly after. The band then released their debut self-titled record in 2016. Um, having toured with a who's who of metalcore bands across the US and other parts of the world, the band then released their follow-up record Finding God Before God Finds Me in 2019. They followed this up with their first headline tour in January 2020, which ended up being postponed amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. The band then returned in 2022 to release their third record and continue with the cancelled or postponed headline tour. Today we'll be giving our one chance review of The Death of Peace of Mind by Bad Omens. that intro sean and apologies to those of you um 
I'm I'm about to say this, but as though there's people sat out there sort of waiting with bated breath for our next podcast to drop, like we're one of the massive podcasts or something like that. But if on the odd chance you were hoping to listen to an episode last week and you weren't uh, able to because we didn't put one out, that is totally my fault. As I've mentioned before, I am uh, a teacher by trade and we had Ofsted in last week and so uh, anyone who who works in a school will know what an all-consuming thing that is when it when it finally arrives and so last week was a, a complete write-off for me which is why we are a week delayed in doing this and um, I also feel like what I'm about to say has become a bit of a um I've become a bit of a stuck record in this the number of times when I've gone Oh, I pressed play on this, and it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, as <laughs> it's maybe it's maybe the most repeated phrase that I've I've uttered on this on this podcast. But I'm going to say it again anyway. Um, I think particularly if you know if you, if you if you're not familiar with the genre metalcore, even just by listening to those words, you can get you can get a sense of its constituent parts and of the kind of aggression and crunch that you might expect to to hear from from a band that that is described as being part of that genre um and I, th- I think it's fair to say that this record is a bit of a left turn if you were expecting some straight up metalcore um you know that this isn't like a rise to remain record or or, or something like that um and i i knew nothing about the band um, I think I'd briefly heard of them but i i hadn't sort of i, I didn't know anything about them so when I press play, this really wasn't what I was expecting at all. Sometimes in a good way, I think sometimes for me in 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 a less good way, there are elements of that sort of classic metalcore sound. Um, you know, some of those anthemic choruses, some of those chugging guitar riffs and breakdowns, but they're relatively few and far between on this record. Actually, for a lot of it, it sounds like it could be any number of kind of contemporary sort of top 40 pop artists um you know that that there there are songs where you might be listening to it going this is a metalcore band um and yeah it it was it was unusual it it wasn't what i was expecting sean have you listened to any of their previous records and would you say this is sort of in the vein of what they've made before or is it a bit of a departure so I'd that the reason I picked this record because it was my choice was I'd seen a couple of people online basically hail these guys as the next like the next kings of metalcore the new way of the next big thing I'd heard like an eight second clip of a track on an Instagram reel seen the album was out for this year and thought you know what this is the sort of music I normally enjoy the bit I heard was was one of those sort of heavier bits and I was like let's go for it and yeah i think disappointed is the uh the main feeling i got from this record i was i was really looking forward to like i say a band that were hailed as like the next big thing in metalcore they've toured with a lot of my favorite bands they they dropped off a senses fail tour from uh for differences which there's never really been a clear hang up on but like they've toured with lots of people that I I really enjoy listening to, and then this record was not that. And I think in the parts where they do the metalcore, I'm expecting they're good. They're a really good metalcore band, and I want to go back and have a listen to the first two records um, at some point and see if they they stuck to that a bit more. But I don't know if this is if if they're really a synth pop band 
like trying to do metalcore sometimes or i think they're a metalcore band that prefer doing synth pop i don't know um what i do know is that yeah it was i had very similar feelings it was not what i was expecting and not in a good way for me yeah no i think it's fair and i think it's a difficult thing when bands working within a particular template try and do something different or push it in new directions it's a very very fine line between pushing a sound in a new direction and just totally abandoning that sound and i think there are moments on this record where they are genuinely sort of taking the metalcore sound in a new in a new direction they managed to marry the sort of the that that kind of archetypal metalcore sound which we sort of sketched out a few moments ago and they managed to sort of marry that to the sort of synth pop um type stuff we we've been talking about there are moments where it almost sounds like late period sort of depeche mode or 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 even some of gary newman's more recent records um where it's that kind of rock or metal kind of electronic and i think at some of those moments i was like yeah i i can really get get on board with this and then there are other moments where it's just quite bland um and i you know i can i can forgive music a lot of things um but just being bland and inoffensive and un unforgettable actually <laughs> you want music to grab you you want to be you want to feel like it makes you want to listen and for a lot of this record particularly in the sort of middle from halfway point onwards it really feels flabby it feels like there's a lot of filler um it, it, it feels too long it's almost an hour um it's quite a number of songs and they're just particularly in that sort of second half it feels like there's an awful number quite a number of them where i think uh, there's not enough of a difference between them there's nothing they're not particularly memorable not bad songs um i'd perfectly happily have them on in, in in the background but they didn't they didn't demand my attention in the way that the best music does yeah i agree i am um... It was really interesting, like I say, I talk about every week. I, I do a little bit of research the day we record of um like about the band so I can write a little intro. And one of the things I found was that they um when they released their first album, they were compared a lot to the Bring Me the Horizon of the Sempaternal era, which is a decent record. It's when Bring Me the Horizon got a little bit softer, but it was very well received, a very good record. This record felt like considering he doesn't want to be compared to bring me the horizon like they listened to ammo which in my opinion is bringing the horizon's worst record by a mile and we're like 2022 needs a longer version of that by an american band which i don't know if you've ever listened to that record or anything from that record will but it's very much this it's that synth pop but it is at least more interesting <laughs> and like you say this is this is white bread this is mayonnaise on white bread like it was very much safe like i know we say quite often i choose what we consider like what i consider safe records but i normally when i say safe it's safe in that i know that there there's a pretty safe chance that they're going to be a good enjoyable record this was safe in in the wrong ways in that there was nothing to nothing that anyone's going to be offended by but also really nothing anyone's going to enjoy like there's no the criticism are it's boring it's safe it's there's nothing that makes you go this is shit, this is bad musicianship, this is bad lyrics, this is bad this. There's also nothing that makes you go, this is good songwriting, these are good lyrics, this is interesting, I like, I will play this again. In fact, I'm saying nothing, that's not true. There are songs on here I enjoyed, there are moments I enjoyed, but as a as a record as a whole, it's it's forgettable. Like, 
and I think it's interesting because I say we hadn't heard of this guy, these guys before. So this actually came out in February this year. So it's been out a while. It's got, I think I said to you, like some of the top tracks have got well over 20 million plays and you can see why not in necessarily the most positive way in that almost anyone could stick this on a playlist as background noise. Um, for the most part, most of the songs would just, would just sit in the background. I think um, to now we've sort of, been negative for 10 minutes was was there any moments that you did enjoy any tracks that you felt stood out or any parts of tracks that you felt really stood out as as good on the record yeah it's interesting i've said i said not not that long ago that i think it really tails off in the kind of second half and that for me is the the flabbiest most sort of forgettable part of the record i think it starts pretty strongly actually um i think i think it's best songs are all in its first half, and I think on, on a number of those songs, it does it does work really well. Like there's this sort of running motif, or, or not motif, but there's this repeated use of questions, and songs are, are often beginning with questions, and it creates this kind of mood of uncertainty and unease, which I think works quite nicely. And they maintain it for the for those first few songs, um, and I think it's on those first few songs where they do manage to marry. Um, that kind of industrial synth pop sort of sound with some of the metalcore elements quite successfully like concrete jungle i think works really well it it paints this picture of sort of um like urban decay um and despair and and, and i feel like it's a kind of it's a it, it's a sort of anguished howl and, and a look at contemporary society and 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 i think and I, and I think it works quite well there's some nice imagery in the chorus i climbed to the sun and fell in a concrete jungle um and the chorus is huge and epic and uh, and and i was feeling pretty positive after that after that first song i was thinking yeah i can i can get on board like stylistically and, and thematically it's sitting in this sort of um cyberpunky sort of science fictiony kind of vibe in terms of its 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 imagery and I, I can get can get on board with with what they're doing musically i, th- I thought it worked really nicely um and I, and I think they they managed to they managed to carry it on i thought take me first was really good um it begins with this sort of synth and this voice going it's too late to turn back now and then this huge guitar riff kicks in and i was thinking yeah they yeah they, they're doing something interesting with the metalcore sound <laughs> I can I can I can get I can get behind this. Um so I think and I think quite a few of those tracks in the in, in the in the first part of the record do that. They they manage to 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 blend the sort of electronic pop and the and the kind of um and the and the metal elements actually pretty successfully. It sounds it sounds conscious and effective and it works really well. I think what you get as you get further through the album is that the blending of those those elements become less blended they drift apart you get entire songs that just come across as quite forgettable synth pop um and it's when they when that when the, the two halves separate and neither half is that interesting on its own it's at the beginning where they combine quite successfully you think yeah i can i can definitely get behind this um w- which moments worked best for you yeah i agree basically it's it's concrete jungle was caught me off guard a little bit so when it started um my my very first thought was oh no have i been misled by by people on the internet because it's it's concrete jungle starts quite like synth heavy and quite electronic and i was like oh what am i in for here 
but it builds into quite a heavy track by the end of it and and like lyrically and musically it's really interesting um and then nowhere to go follows up and i think nowhere to go is probably the best like pure metalcore track on the record um yeah i would that was i'll stand by that for now um it's my favorite track on the record and i was sort of two tracks in thinking this is going well uh take me first was decent death of peace of mind to me was the first moment of like like it was a bit stale um not not bad but just a bit eh. so i'd say like those first three tracks were really good um then i think it's about halfway through uh just pretend is decent it's it's not a a standout but i did quite like it and then i did like um artificial suicide which is right near the end but yeah i think after really for me after them first three tracks it drops off quite suddenly and there's a lot of like you say a lot of filler and the filler being sort of tracks four through 12 13 i'm not even sure with one other moment of semi-enjoyability in the middle um but i say like nowhere to go i think is a really really strong offering um concrete jungle like you say like it's it's a good track it's a a good opener i know we sort of will get into openers and closers but i i actually thought it set up a a record well for a record that didn't deliver on what it offered um but yeah that was it was nowhere to go and um artificial suicide were were the two strongest moments for me across i think it's 15 tracks um yeah it's a long old album yeah and it felt it that's what i was gonna say so it felt every minute of the 55 minutes and i've listened to to hour-long albums before and been like oh my god i can't believe that's finished and this was this felt like a slog yeah it's interesting actually artificial suicide was good again it dives into that sort of dystopian almost it's almost like the images sound a bit like the matrix um Mm. in terms of in terms of what they're talking about um and i thought that work i thought that worked quite well um and that was a sort of rare highlight in the second half of the album. I, I think you're right on Nowhere to Go. I love that. I thought it kind of reminded me of sort of, in a way, of like early Enter Shikari when they where where they were still kind of making that essentially hardcore with synths, like sort of Sorry You're Not a Winner, that sort of era. Um, Enter Shikari. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, and 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 I and I and I did really like that. I had this really interesting little sort of skittering kind of drum beat that could almost have been from I don't know, like Orteca or um, Boards of Canada or one of those sort of um, electronica kind of acts. Um, I, th- I thought I th- I, th- I think it did really well. So I, th- I think when it when it gels, it really does gel. Yeah. It's just when it doesn't, it just doesn't hold the interest at all. No, I would say, in we've talked about this a few times in a record, like you can have a couple of duds on a record and it'd be forgivable. But this is almost the opposite of that. It has really strong moments, but not enough to pull it through and make you go, that was good, or at least that was okay. It it makes you go, that was a long listen, like but there are there are really strong songs in here and i'd be interested to go back like i say and listen to some earlier stuff and see if the stronger songs on this record are what the older stuff sounded like or or not maybe maybe this is what they've always been as a band and i can certainly see why they've become a popular metalcore band especially with god this is gonna make me sound so old <laughs> like 
I'm just going to say it, like the revival of like the alt scene, like kids nowadays dressing like like I dressed and got bullied for when I was a teenager is the cool thing now. Like like spiky wristbands and painted nails and like all this sort of stuff that that was cool and or wasn't cool was very much not cool when when we were like 13 in the early noughties has come back into like fashion. And actually, if you want to be like, oh, yeah, I listen to metal. Bad Omens is a very safe way to listen to metal. Like it's the Britney Spears of metal. It's very much like it, it, it tells you it's metal. There's moments of metal that you could use to show people you're listening to metal. But for the most part, your mum would listen to this record. They might skip a it's couple a, of it's tracks. It's a gateway drug, isn't it? It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's like it's, it's metal in the way that Good Charlotte were a punk band or... Um, you know, some of that stuff, like when we were sort of getting, I mean, I know you're a few years younger than, than me, but some of those those bands, like when you were sort of just getting into or like All American Rejects or something like that, where it's that stuff that's like right at the, are they a pop band borrowing some of these shapes or are they in this genre and using sort of pop sensibilities? I don't know. And it's like, an, it's like, a, it's like a route into that. Um, I kind of got the sense here, but there's a lot of these tracks you like, you know, if you told me that this song had been re- recorded by like Imagine Dragons or um, The Weeknd or like any manner of huge American artists, or, or and actually, I think The Weeknd's Canadian, so I'm totally uh, exp- exposing my ignorance there. Um, but you know, any any manner of huge artists to you know play the sell shitloads of records and, and play these massive festivals to go yeah i can sort of believe that particularly in the second half of this record i go yeah i can absolutely believe that's what that's one of their songs um it just didn't really have its have its own identity it, it seems to have like lost that a bit yeah i am um, i do wonder if they've they've, they've they're, like i think they are quite famous i think they are quite popular like i say like 20 million plays is a lot of plays on a record and i don't know if they're still signed to sumerian um but this to me feels like a, a major label record. Like I feel like this is what Warner Brothers wanted Gallows to do and Gallows refused. <laughs> like, would you agree I, it's that? I still, I still, I mean, I know we talked about this on a previous one, but there's that mental period in like the mid noughties where you just look at some of the bands getting signed to late major label deals going, who was doing this? Like how much cocaine had were the A&R guys doing that they went this will make our cash back you know you've got Gallows being signed for, to a major label deal for Great Britain got bloody Cradle of Filth getting signed to Sony like we talked about all this stuff I mean it's just absolutely bonkers that anyone would go this is a commercial proposition um, and I think you're absolutely right it's almost like maybe that's what they envisaged was when they signed those guys like actually they were going to they were going to make a record that sort of kept little bits of their sound but made it much more palatable for a for a wider audience um and that de- it definitely feels a little bit here like they've leaned into the bits they've kept just enough of the, of those bits and then leaned very heavily into the how do we package this for a, for a, for a much wider audience because i don't think it's in but having said that that makes it sound like i think it, it's them pulling on an outfit pretending to be something that they're not buying into in order to sell records and i i don't think it's that i do think it's a sincere record i i don't think 
you know, you listen to some records where a band's like made a real about turn, and you're like, you are, you're just, you're, you're wanting a hit, aren't you? you know, you're, you're changing your sound because you want a hit, and I don't necessarily know it's that or just they do genuinely really like making music in that style, and that's just sort of, they've they've fallen into because it, it does feel sincere, and and like lyrically, it's a consistent record. It's not like the the songs that are much more, you know, the songs in the first half of the record have one kind of approach in terms of what their lyrical focus is and then they're writing stuff about just driving in the car or going to the beach or whatever in the second one second half of the record you know that there there is a kind of lyrical consistency that that throughout there's this sense of regret and of looking back and of poor decisions and of not being in control of their own life and being caught up in sort of destructive damaging relationships you know that that is consistent throughout the record so I don't think it's a sort of naked bid for, for for commercial success necessarily so much as a oh we've tried writing songs in this style and, and, and I kind of enjoy it and, and, and leaning into that heavily. I don't know, what did you think or did you did you feel that actually it was a bit more of a calculated decision? I I think it was authentic in a bad way. <laughs> I so what what I mean by that is I feel like they've exposed themselves a little bit on this record by being authentic and almost sort of like I feel like they're openly admitting like we're happy to sell out we like there's even a track and I I uh, again it's like later half of the record IDWT dollar which I'm pretty sure stands for I do want the money and like I was that, wondering I felt incredibly old looking at that and I was just like I don't understand this oh, and I feel about 80 years old I as a I'm 31 and I cannot fucking stand that like I'm not old and I hate that so much like initials and a dollar sign on a metal record on any record I don't like on a metal record drives me insane because it's that obvious pandering like to try and like drag in people from a different genre like it's trying it makes me feel like they're trying to trick people people will see that and be like oh maybe this is a hip-hop track like where that sort of thing is more accepted and it's not but like um like i'm I'm glad it's honest then they say like i'm not going to pretend i don't want the money but i feel like without that song you could have told that's what they were doing they were writing a record to to try and earn some money which is absolutely fine I just hate it. Um, that's a, that's a personal thing. I, I hate it that well, I hate that bands have to change to earn that money or feel like they have to change to earn that money. But I really hate it when I don't think it's good. Like there are plenty of bands that have changed to try and be more palatable and still make good music. So when a band sort of openly says we want to earn some cash we're going to sell out and then makes a pretty average record it it just feels like a a waste of time to me um i think it's interesting there's a i remember um i the band chic um i've seen goodness knows how many times live and uh, Niall rogers who's like the guitarist and the sort of songwriter there's a lot of talking between songs like he he's a man who's worked with everyone in the record business and uh he's got a lot of anecdotes and if you've seen them more than once you've heard them more than once but the one that always tickles me like he he did the 
I think the album might also be called Let's Dance, but it's the David Bowie album that's got Let's Dance and, and a load of his other big tracks. I think maybe China Girls on it as well. And he, he talks about, and this is like after Bowie's had his kind of, he got hugely indestructibly into cocaine, made all these very uncommercial but, but brilliant records. And so he's then making this record with Niall Rogers and, and, and he says, and I'm not going to do the, Bowie impersonation because Niall Rogers does it in quite a funny way, but I I cannot do it justice. But he he's, he's talking about it there in the studio, and uh, and and Bowie says something like, "I just want to have a hit, Niall." And it's like you can do that, and you can have that shameless like this is for commercial. If what you're then knocking out is let's dance, but it's like it's it's if then the songs aren't up to that much muster then it's like you can't you kind of can't get away with it in a sense yeah. yeah and i like i fully support bands trying to make that money like you we have a limited time on this earth and unfortunately capitalism is is the the only way we can live at the moment so people need to earn money people need to afford to live but like you say you have to you have to make bowie level records you can't make i don't even know what i would describe this as in that vein like the third record by a one-hit wonder that should have stopped after their one single and has proceeded to release 40-odd tracks of nonsense after that. I feel like we're maybe being a bit harsh. Like we've both, we've yeah. both said we do like the first half of this record, yeah. and it's it's a record, it's like quality controls, maybe not that. Well, not even, not even quality control, just so much as like they go in a different direction on the second half of the record, and I, th- I think we've both ascertained it's it's not a direction that... No. that, that that is for us. I think it's really interesting. I was just looking back over my notes how often I've written the word forgettable um, yeah. on those songs in the second half. Um, the far fewer exclamation marks, in, my, in fact, no exclamation marks in my notes on the second half, whereas there are some on the first. You can see how excitable I get uh, about about the tracks. I just, I just, I think it starts really well and it just it tails off. There's a really interesting moment in the middle. Yeah, what it cost and like a villain, which are two separate songs. But I actually didn't realise it when I was listening to it because I wasn't looking at the thing, and I thought it was just one song. And they almost function like, almost they're two like two movements in a longer piece or whatever for a slightly sort of pretentious classical music kind of comparison. And I was like, oh, that's cool, that's interesting. That I really like that that fact that they've sort of moved on to another song. There was there's a one of the Touche Amore records. They do a similar thing where they have two songs that function. Uh, I think it might be the second album um, that almost function like these sort of yin and yang kind of other halves of each other, and and they've got the same kind of melody and motifs. One of them's really heavy and distorted, and one of them's quite soft. And 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 I like that when 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 bands do that. And I thought that actually worked really well here. Um, I, I thought I thought it was really in, really interesting thing to do. So it's not that they're without ideas. It's not that that that, that it is a, a, like a lazy record. It just feels like the ideas and the really successful execution, sadly, are all in the first half. Which means that by the time you then get to the second bit, you're like, oh, I've actually, it's just not doing enough to 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 sort of drag me in. Um, yeah. we've talked about how. I think we're both in agreement. Concrete Jungle is a is a great opener. Um, yeah. It perhaps missells missells what the rest of the record's going to be like, but it's a great opener. It it sets out that manifesto of combining those sort of two quite different genres. Um, it does a really good job of it. It's got a huge chorus. Um, it really sets the record up nicely. What did you think about Miracle as a way of closing out the record? 
Um, God, I was going to, so I want to try and be more positive about the next things I was going to say, because like you say, there are really good moments on this record. The guys that in Bad Omens are obviously good musicians. Like they know how to write a song. There's no musical moments on this that are bad. There's no, like, it's not terrible ways. There's forgettable moments, but there are really, really strong moments. And so I don't feel like being very negative and and i think that's to do with the fact the last half of the record is such a slog so all the all the good stuff like you say is left in the beginning so by the time you've finished on a single listen through that your lasting memory is fairly poor um and that's i think how miracle left me feeling like it did not make me think i've said quite a few times i've got to the last track and been ready for it to start again i struggled through miracle to get to an end um which is it says anything strange now it's it's a very good closing track for this record because it 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 marked what the second half of the record had been like for me quite well um it, it was more of the same like very synthy um electronic he like yeah it's it, i think miracle was the track that first made me think oh my god this is just the bad bringing the horizon record from 2019 like i think that was the track that made me go god this guy doesn't want to be compared to bringing the horizon like he's openly said it's really complimentary but i don't like it and this track is basically just a bad version of the worst bring me the horizon record and it doesn't even sound that different from it like it could easily have been a demo track from that record um so that wasn't the more positive uh next thing i wanted to say but yeah miracle was a was a flop to end the flop for me what did you think yeah i mean i think interestingly like thematically it sort of brings together the two major themes of kind of destructive relationships and destructive behavior that seem to be this kind of running theme through the record and it kind of combines them in one so i think um in one sense it worked it did work quite nicely from that perspective i just i think as a song it just didn't particularly do it for me you know it's that sort of soft synths and processed drums it kind of sounds like a it sounds like the more forgettable tracks on the record and then they bring in these kind of big arena guitars um and 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 the chorus so give me something beautiful i need another miracle it just it didn't it it, it didn't land with me it felt a bit limp as, and, yeah. and you know, particularly when you had such a strong opening track to it, I think it felt doubly limp. And I and my attention had been waning for the preceding seven or eight tracks, and it just it didn't do enough to bring me back in. No, it was it was it was super maroon five is what I'm going to say in terms of lyrical content. Yeah. Like, and that withstanding all the allegations and terrible things he's done recently, like. It, it felt like it could be one of those sort of bands, couldn't it? Like, like it could be a, a a Formula One stadium band, like that just comes on and plays inoffensive mum and dad music. And like I say, like I think again, a lot of times I think I need to listen to some of these records without the the thought of what they're going to be. Like I say, this was sold to me as the next big thing in metalcore, and I think that made some of these moments less palatable because I think if I'd just gone into this as a record, there are points on this record where I'd have enjoyed it more had I not been expecting good metalcore. But Miracle was just not a good song. Like That was not one of those moments. You could have told me exactly what this record was going to be, and I'd have been like, one, I don't want to listen to another Maroon 5 record. 
but I would say that's not even a particularly standout track on a band like that's discography. No, no, I think that's fair enough. Um, I feel like we have probably given people a pretty good approximation of our thoughts on this record. Overall, I think it's unlikely I will go back to it. Um, will you be giving it a second chance before you can sign it to the dustbin, or do you feel like it's been your mind's kind of been made up? Yeah, there's there's no need for me to have a second player. This I'll I'll take the couple of tracks I like, stick them on a playlist, and the rest of the record will be gone to me. Like to the point, I normally have my Spotify open with the tracks, um, and I listen. I quite often now listen to the album straight back after we record, and I've actually opened the second two share more record to find the songs you were listening talking about there instead that's that is where i am at with this record and that i've already just gone to listen to two share more instead i mean to be fair i don't think there's any um there's any time in which going to listen to their music is is a bad decision so okay. um i feel and i feel like yeah time is short and tight and you've got to go and listen to the stuff that makes you happy and, and grabs your interest and yeah. i think that's I'm just trying to remember. I think it was praise, praise slash love, anyone slash anything, but I might have totally misremembered that. From Dead Horse or from Parting the Sea? No, from uh, Is Survived by. That was oh, okay. That, that was the one that first got me into them. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. To the beat of the Dead Horse is my first. Uh, was it? Or was it Parting the Sea? No, it's To the Beat of the Dead Horse. Um, anyway, we're just talking about a much better band now. If you have never heard them or heard of them, go and listen to them. You will not be start anywhere in their back catalogue. You will you will not be disappointed. Maybe um, we should do that one week soon. We should just pick a Touche Moire record and, and wax lyrical about how good they are. Yeah, <laughs> have a really positive week, even though we've listened to it before and it's not going to be the first time. And it will break the break the stream of the podcast. It might be a nice little Christmas one for us to just uh, talk about how much we love their records. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I think that sort of rounds us up in terms of everything we've got to say. Thank you for um, listening to us. Maybe you will want to go in and uh, and listen to the record anyway. Maybe you're like, no, that sounds right up my street. Or maybe you just don't trust our judgment having listened to us talk nonsense about music for eight or nine episodes now. But thank you for sticking with us. Um, Sean, how can people support the podcast? Let's have a final reminder of that. Yeah, nice quick one. The main information's at the start, but please just subscribe, like the podcast, share it with your friends. Um, maybe not this episode because it is quite a uh, a negative episode, but yeah, I think definitely if you want to check this band out, go and listen to the first three tracks and then just pick any random other one off the record and see how you feel and that will give you a good idea. Don't, don't slog through the whole album unless you find that this is the sort of music you enjoy. Um, we should hopefully be back next week shy of anything going terribly wrong for us um but yeah thanks as always will it's been great to chat thanks sean and thanks to everyone for listening to this week's episode of one chance see you next week